Welcome to The Rant. I'm your host, Herman James, and on today's episode, we'll be talking to two of the band members from the punk band 390. Musical talent is something that I wasn't blessed with and is something that I'm fascinated by other people who have it, and I am in awe of people with that talent. Because of that reason, I have started this Artist Spotlight segment where I'm able to talk to great individuals with a talent and an ability that I don't have. And today I'm honored to present an interview that I had with Ronnie X and Ricky Hart of the punk band 390. If you're not familiar with punk, I'm pretty sure you are. Everyone knows of the Ramones, the Sex Pistols, the Clash, even the Dead Presidents or Black Flag. A lot of the 90s kids will definitely know Green Day and Offspring. Talking with Ronnie and Ricky was really uh, a fun and eye-opening experience for me. And a little bit of a twist to the rant on this episode is they're actually doing the rant for me. So listen up, turn the volume up and listen to some of their music and hear exactly what they have to say about the punk music, punk culture, and what they've got coming up for everybody. So, uh, who do we have uh, with us today? I'm Ron. I'm the vocalist. This is Eric, the guitar player. Okay. And how long have you guys been uh, in the band together? In this band? Correct. Uh, little, what are we going, two, two and a half years? Yeah, two and a half years. Nice. Were you guys in a band prior to this one uh, as well together or individually? Uh, we were in a, in a band together before this. Nice. Um, uh, same punk ideas, or no? It was more of a kind of a, just an alternative rock, not really punk. It was, and that's why we kind of changed. We wanted, we always kind of wanted to do a punk, and that that band was starting to get a little too poppy, and so we kind of disbanded and then uh, reformed and as three ninety and and went to our punk roots. Okay. Nice. Now, I did see some interviews from uh, a little punk uh, interview group on Facebook, having a little bit of a background of you guys, a little bit of like uh, Ramones and some other guys. Who would you say was your biggest uh, idea to get you put into where you guys are at? Who was giving you the sound and the ear that you wanted to kind of represent? Uh, well, we're heavy into to a lot of the uh, you know eighties. 90s punk, um, Ramones. Like, I was a big X fan. That's what was probably my the first real punk band I got into X, and then Dead Kennedy, Sex Pistols way back in the day. And then you know, listen to you know, all other stuff, Agent Orange, and just different local bands around Southern California. We'd, we would go to uh, the Whiskey A Go-Go and watch bands play Fear and Gears and just whoever was out kind of all that mixed into one we actually a big influence was uh, english sound the jam the clash buzzcocks those those kind of bands nice i uh, got uh some very popular very well-known names especially uh the venue for a whiskey a go-go I, I think anyone that's not even in the scene knows whiskey a go-go yeah it was uh it was one of our goals to play there which we 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 did much later but uh it was it was kind of a for me, it was, a, it was kind of a big deal because all the bands that I watched play there, it was kind of fun to be on the same stage. Nice. Now, with you guys 
doing the music careers and being into all of this, how long did it take you to realize that this is what you wanted to do and pursue as a career versus just, you know, a weekend hobby or kind of just taking up to open mic nights? <laughs> well, well, actually, it is it's kind of a dual career for us. Uh, you know, we still have day jobs, but we're very passionate about this. So we put a lot of our time into it. So we're not full time musicians, but we definitely are, are um, full time here in the L.A. underground. We play a lot. And uh, so it's definitely a passion. It's something we would like to do more of. But you got to pay the bills. And right now, being in a band is not paying the bills. Yeah, if we, if we could uh, make enough money to, to just play music, it would be awesome. Yeah, right. You just got to enjoy what you do. Don't have to uh, answer anybody else and just enjoy the music life. Yeah. Okay. So do you mind if I ask what it is you guys do or what business you guys do on the nine to five? You don't have to be specific on your careers if you don't want to be, but just kind of a general idea, you know, like sales or auto repair. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a CPA, but um, I sold my practice last November and we we're actually opening a brewery. So we're going to have a nice brewery in Anaheim that uh, Ron and I are both involved in. So that's kind of an, another venture. Nice. It's very sure. cool. Uh, one of my friends up here in the Sacramento area was actually one of the main pushers to allow for breweries in Sacramento. And he was the first dispensary, excuse me, distillery in Sacramento <laughs> since the prohibition. So oh, it's okay. huge. So it, Congrats to you guys for doing that, and that'll be a fun push for you guys. And that's where you're from, Sacramento? Or? Correct. Yeah, I'm up in Sacramento. Yeah. Track 7's uh, got some good beers up there. They do. They've got quite a bit. Yeah. They've actually got something up here. Now they've called it uh, the Barrel District. So you're actually able to kind of walk around and do a whole bunch of tasting and everything and having about, I think there's six or seven breweries and the distillery in the area. So it's a really nice little thing for them. That's nice, yeah. We're putting in over by Angel Stadium. There's about five breweries once we get in there in that same area too. So it's kind of a, the same kind of a deal. Nice. People come over, yeah. Well, it'd be a nice place if you guys have a bar. You guys can also do the entertainment over there. You have your own stage, kind of pick and choose. You gotta <laughs> no, we don't want to have people come in. Yeah, we don't want to scare <laughs> anybody away from the from the brewery. Uh, actually, we can't have. We can only have live music by permit. So it's uh, unfortunate we can't have amplified music, but four times a year. Okay. So. But, uh, yeah, but we're trying to work with, there's a lot of festivals out now that are beer festivals and punk rock festivals, the, the punk and Drublick and the, the, some of the beer, the brouhaha's. So we're trying to work that with the brewery and the band, kind of put the two together and maybe we'll get lucky and get on a bill with some of these big name bands. Nice. Yeah. That's always a uh, fun one. I saw on your webpage, you guys only had events that look like up to June. Do you guys have anything coming up uh, in the nearest future that people can come out and see and see what's going on with you guys? We're, uh, we're taking a lot of time off right now to do some recording. We're purposely not playing. Um, we want to get back in the studio, do maybe 10 to 15 new songs, work on some videos you know, the day today the the scene is is important to play, but there's a whole new uh, monster called social media, so you really have to do a lot of that today. And so we're kind of trying to balance the two. So to answer your question, we'll probably be playing here in maybe in the next month and a half, setting up some gigs again. But we have nothing right now uh, set up in the in the near future. 
Okay. What was, uh, in the past, what was probably one of your more fun or craziest uh, events or gigs you guys have actually participated in? Uh, we've had a lot of fun events. Uh, the I'm probably, uh, the biggest show for us, we played the House of Blues in Anaheim, which was which was, was cool to get in a venue like that. But we played... We play a lot of shows all over LA, Orange County, Riverside. We've played skate parties, and we went, what was that one? They had, a, they had a whole dome in his backyard, and, and pro skateboarders were there, and they had a punk show going on at the same time. That was probably the most fun, uh, with uh, lots of beer, of course. <laughs> and we like to we like to put on our own shows too. We we uh, there's a lot of bands out here in the, in the Southern California underground that we actually just work with them, get our own. Uh, our own gig together uh, you know a, a diy uh, type of deal you know we reach out to a bar some kind of venue and and you know we put it on ourselves so that puts a little more a little more uh, you know uh, autonomy and power into the bands and we can we can uh, you know call our own shots and, and more so that we like doing that too and those, those have probably been our most successful gigs uh to bring uh, the, the people that we like playing with the most and uh putting on our own shows uh, do you guys have your own manager to help you kind of get gigs or do you guys do that yourself? Yeah, Ron's our manager. <laughs> he gets all the gigs. He handles all the social media. He's he's pretty much a do-it-all. He's the promoter. Nice. Yeah, so I don't double dip in the, in the salary? <laughs> so there you go. We let him stay in the band. That's uh, that's Yeah, that's yeah I, get, I get to stay in the band and, and so I do all the work. Yeah, yeah no, that, no, most bands around here right now don't have managers. It's kind of like I said, a DIY thing and uh, we just, you do it yourself. You put your own... Uh, Put your own websites together. Put your own social media together. You know, get do your own CDs. That's kind of how it is right now. The, the record labels right now don't play as much of a part as they used to. Bands aren't really seeking them out as much because uh, it's just not the way it's done now. You pretty much have to get some some kind of notoriety for for any kind of label even to you know look at you. So most bands are just doing it themselves. You know, putting up their websites going in, doing their own CDs, promoting themselves, putting their own merchandise on their on their websites. It's kind of how it's done now. Have you guys found more popularity with one social media versus the other, you know, SoundCloud or Facebook or Twitter, Instagram? We, we have, uh, we got some pretty good success on iTunes. You know, we have a distribution right now. Uh, I think it's DistroKid. They put your stuff out there in all the online stores. And so we've gotten some... We've gotten some money from uh, from some online stores, but um, you know you just got to work your Facebook, got to work your Instagram, got to build followers. That's how it's done. And and I don't know what would you say the, the best, the probably our, our most popular social media right now is, is Facebook, where we have we could probably get the best uh, recognition. Yeah, that and Instagram, Instagram's moving up as well. Yeah. Do you guys know? I'm assuming you've set up the Instagram and the Facebook as a business account to kind of see who your following is. So do you know who's generally your demographic when it comes to social media or when it comes out to your events? Is it kind of younger, middle-aged, male, female, or a nice mix of everybody? It's uh, it's probably right now in, in, in the SoCal scene, it's, it's, you know, unless you go to LA, Orange County, Riverside, I would say the, the demographic's more like 25 to 35. 25 to 40 a little little older crowd it's mixed probably mostly male which is understandable uh but i think that's our 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 demographic mostly around here would you agree with that yeah it's a little bit of an older crowd it's in this area there's not a lot of young punk bands playing 
Um, that, like you said, out in LA, there's there are more of the 18, 19 year olds playing, but out here, it's uh, most people like us that have been around for a few years and kind of regrouped and are playing. So it's kind of a, yeah, it's close to 40s is very common age. And, and sometimes that helps you guys out, I would assume, as well, because you'd have people that are coming that are willing to spend some money on merchandise and willing to pay for events, which is always beneficial versus, you know, the guy trying to scalp a ticket and just kind of hang out and drink and uh, listen. Yeah, I mean, definitely the, with the older crowd, they have more more disposable income. So that, that it's easier to get them to show up to shows than, you know, a 17-year-old without a job. True. So. So now for uh, some fun ideas for you guys. Are you married, single, picking up groupies? How's that working out for you guys? <laughs> uh, we don't have any groupies. Yeah. Uh, I'm married and with uh, four kids. And, they, and you know what? They, and even though they, they wear my T-shirts, they just don't like the music. So I don't know. I can't figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm married with two kids. My, my kids, they like the band. My, my oldest son comes to most of our shows or a lot of our shows. So nice. So you, you don't have kids that get embarrassed that dad's on stage and moshing <laughs> out and having a good time. Well, Eric's, Eric's, Eric's son actually comes to a lot of our shows. He's one of our yeah. biggest friends. But yeah, my kids get embarrassed, so they don't want yeah. nothing to do with me <laughs> my, or my music. My kids are older, so they're they're not as embarrassed anymore. <laughs> and, and you know what? Kids, young kids, should not like their parents' music. So I, I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> I can attest to that. I drove across the country with my parents in the back of a Ford station wagon, and my dad listened to oldies and classic rock, and I hated it. Now that's all, of course, I listen to. Yeah. And don't you wish you had that Ford uh, station wagon now? I remember driving the Ford station wagon with, yeah. with, with Rich and listen to Neil Diamond. Yeah, I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, little jumper Neil Diamond playing. Uh, I like classic rock. I'm a fan fan of that. I mean, I listen to Sex Pistols. I've listened to everything from coast to coast, everything over in England. I've had a nice, really drastic, uh, in-depth scene for music. Everyone that I know has either been in the bands or producers, or they are just huge fans of music I probably would have never listened to. Uh, I think probably one of the most fun things I've done is been to... Uh, Ozfest and able to see Rob Zombie and the remainder of Black Sabbath while they had uh, excuse me, Rob Zombie was on one stage Ozzy and Black Sabbath on the second stage so for me being 35 that's something I didn't think I'd be able to see so it's a, a definitely a different world yeah that's my uh, my eldest son went to the to see Black Sabbath also with, with uh, Ozzy it was one of his favorite shows which, um, he's got a wide range of music, which I, I, I can't understand. He listens to punk rock, and he listens to rap, and he listens to the, the dance. the EDM stuff? Yeah, EDM. So I don't know how anybody listens to EDM, rap, and heavy metal, and punk. It just seems like you those are mutually exclusive in some regards, <laughs> but I, he, he likes all of them. So it's I kind of stick nice with one, punk right? rock and classic rock and kind of... I think for me, it's something that kind of hits you at certain times. I mean, whatever comes on my iPod when I'm listening to it, whatever I've downloaded, whatever's kind of popping up is what I do all the time. And honestly, I think punk music is great music for when I run, when I work out, because it's got the tempo, it's got the beat, it's got lyrics, it keeps you motivated and you want to move. So I love listening to that on a 
treadmill or when I'm out doing a half marathon, it's kind of a, a different kind of vibe versus, you know, trying to listen to EDM or Eric Clapton might make me fall asleep and die a little bit. And I'm not trying to do that when I'm running. <laughs> yeah, Punk definitely has energy. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I absolutely can agree to that. And it's uh, fun to listen to. Now, do you guys, being a punk man, you have to have been arrested a few times, some drunk in public, some violence, you know? Well, uh, I don't know about that, but actually, you mentioned uh, drunk in public. That's actually what 390 stands for. It's uh, it's a police code out here in Orange County. 390 is drunk in public. So, uh, I mean, it, Eric can tell you the story how that came about, but uh, that's the origins of, of 390. To uh, nice, yeah. Yeah, that was way back when I was younger. I we I got uh, pulled over, and well, actually we were at a party, and the cops came and yeah, cited us for for being drunk in public. So it stuck with us. But we haven't. I don't think any of us have done really any jail time. We're we're not the the typical punk band, I guess. Well, we have two other members that aren't here. Maybe they have. <laughs> so just for the sake of the story, we're going to tell you that, yeah, they both were arrested. They did some serious time in county. How's that? There you go. Singing the jailhouse blues coming out. Yeah. Singing, uh, yeah. I think Ron's got a couple of uh, teardrops, too. Now, having said that, though, you know, we, we were around, you know, a lot when the, when punk was big out here in L.A. And, uh, you know, we all got in the fights. You know, we did have a lot. We did have a lot of um, interactions, you know, with law enforcement and, and stuff like that. So in Ron, who played a lot in a lot of punk bands back then, probably had, can tell you a lot of the stories, how, how violent it was. I mean, you just dress like a punker and the metalheads would come after you and, and you know, do some damage on you. So it was some pretty tough times. Now it's a lot different. Now punk is much more tolerant. You know, and it's it's much more, uh, I don't know, how would you describe it? Much more, just some more, um, you know, just kind of live and let live attitude now out here. And, and it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, when you, when we, had, we were at an SC show um, and Erica just got clocked by some guy, you know, in the pit. It was very violent back then. Now when you're in the pit and you're, and you're slamming and you get knocked over, somebody picks you right up, you know. And, and uh, so it's a much more different uh, attitude today than it, than it used to be. Now, were you one of the guys knocking people over, or were you one of the guys helping pick them up? Well, I was the guy that hit them. No, <laughs> no uh, I've always been one to pick somebody up with somebody. Some, I yeah, I enjoy the pit, but I I don't enjoy the violence. I don't I, I don't the you know I don't know when it gets a little extreme for no reason. When people start swinging arms and take, taking people's heads off for no reason. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't mean it doesn't still happen today. We were at Alex Bar, right? Uh, a couple weeks ago, we saw a gutter mouth and. There were some guys getting crazy in there, uh, but for the most part, it's it's a much more uh, um, I don't know I don't want to say it's just more tolerant now. You don't you don't see as as much violence than you, than like you used to in the scene. And the, and going to the bands, the bands also are less competitive and more. There's there's definitely a, a kind of a camaraderie amongst the bands. We kind of all work together, like you was talking about earlier, the do-it-yourself stuff. So all the bands are kind of work together. So we see a lot of the same people out on the scene. So everybody kind of knows everybody. It's got a little more friendly atmosphere than it did back in the day. Nice. Do you guys do any sort of compilations with bands that you're out with on a normal basis? Do you guys kind of team up to do any concerts or any joint songs? We we did a compilation CD with about was it five five or six bands or seven bands seven or eight bands yeah bands uh, like the the whiny pussies the bindles uh, the unknowns uh, darky dark and the junkie boys all very popular bands out here we we hopped on a compilation CD with them 
and it, they took two of our songs and put them on there, and uh, that was cool. Uh, and these are the same bands that we are kind of promoting ourselves and playing on bills together. Uh, and in, in, in a lot of times, if they need a band, they'll give us a call, and, and you know, and, and we'll return the favor. So it is kind of a close knit um, scene out here uh, in the in the SoCal area. So and, and that's and that's good. Um, and I think it definitely works to everybody's advantage. Now, when you do the music and you're writing lyrics, do you guys kind of all pitch in on that? Do you have one lyricist? Do you have one that's writing things? Or how does that work out for you guys in the song modalities and writing? Right now, with the punk band, when we, the last two and a half years, Ron pretty much is writing most of the material. Probably 85% of the material is coming from Ron. Um, I'll pitch in occasionally uh, some rhythms, and most of the time he'll finish up the lyrics on that. Um, he's he's pretty much written all the lyrics to all the songs. I think we, in the prior bands it was a little more even, maybe sixty forty on the songwriting, but now it's pretty much like I say eighty five ninety ten. Run. Yeah, it was kind of cool though, you know, because I know if I write something that Eric's going to pretty much agree with with the content. So that's kind of cool. Uh, we all kind of think alike. We're all kind of quasi libertarians, and uh, so our. Our political views kind of go together, so we don't have to worry too much about, you know, pissing off a band member because he doesn't like what you're writing about. So that kind of work works to our advantage. And I think because of past bands we were in, because of, we had a lot of conflict, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I've kind of learned just, you know, to, uh, um, you know, to uh, uh, just let people be who they want to be in a band, you know, don't wait, don't be such a micromanager. So I may bring a song into the band. Okay. So here's a rough draft and everybody just kind of puts their, their touch to it. And it's kind of a hands off and would probably nine times out of 10, it comes out, you know, pretty darn good. So uh, that's kind of our approach. Uh, but lately uh, Eric's been coming, writing some pretty good songs. Uh, he's come at least on this next one we're going to do, you got at least what, four or five songs that we're working on. So, uh, it's kind of, it just goes in spurts, you know, uh, and anybody who, who writes songs know that you, you can just have a drought for a long time. So that's why it's kind of cool. You got another partner who can just pick up the slack and, and write songs as well. So we're pretty fortunate in that regard. We, I don't think writing songs is one of our, um, something we need to worry about it's right now it's it, the, the main problem with the scene right now is just bringing exposure to the scene out here uh i mean like i said earlier there's just a ton of good bands out here just that the problem is there ain't a whole lot of um a whole lot of uh, attention in the scene right now for whatever the reason i don't know it could be social media it could be yeah i think other things going on that point is with Going to live shows, not the same as it was 10, 15 years ago. And people, you know, they just YouTube stuff and watch it. And and they're very less likely to go to little clubs. They'll still go to the big shows, you know, the big forum shows and sports arena stuff. Though, you know, when whoever Beyonce comes out, you know, those, those people are still selling out. But but the small clubs, it's, it's a lot harder to get people to, to show up anymore. And I think it is the... the with all the social media and all the other stuff available, they just they just don't doesn't seem to be as big a you know, scene as there there was in the back of the day. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I do a lot of uh, concert going to Fox Theater in Oakland and seeing some smaller venues out there and some smaller guys there. And when I do go out there, I see a lot of uh, phones being held up to record the event versus actually participating or watching the event. 
So I can understand yes, that. Sir. I think a lot of people miss the show by recording it. They sit there with their phones up and they, they, they do the whole show and they didn't even really pay attention to the show. It's weird, but yeah, then you go home and you, you know, be on, they'll, they'll post clips on Facebook, Instagram, they'll, YouTube, there'll be the whole, the whole, you know, live show from whatever band, which like I said, which is kind of nice. You can go in there and watch bands, but then I think that kind of also detracts from people going to see them live. They can, they can watch them. Somebody's already recorded a live. They can just watch it on YouTube. No, and I get no. that. Now your guys's lyrics do seem to be a little bit on uh, some sense political as well. Do you find it easier or harder right now with the climate of what's going on to be able to write lyrics and kind of keep current with things? Well, it's, it's it, it, the current times is definitely, it's, it's, it's an inspiration because there's so much to write about now. The problem is, is that a band like ours, you know, we're, I don't think we're establishment, we, you know, uh, and with this, with this growing, with this growing love affair with the state, and a lot of people looking more and more toward the state, you know, a band like us, we really don't, we don't fit. So uh, I don't know if you're following social media, what's going on with this whole anti-free speech stuff. But, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't fit the, the, the leftist progressive, um, you know, zeitgeist, you could be in a lot of trouble. And, uh, and I think this is, this is an opportunity for punk. If enough punks want to pick up the, the banner and, and sing more about free speech, which is one of our big themes. Our themes are basically, you know, we're, we, we kind of look at ourselves as an old school punk band with the old school values of, you know, being anti-establishment, anti-authoritarian, anti-government, anti-corporate, pro-free speech, pro-working class, you know. But it seems like everybody, it, it, they're, they're pretty happy with these monopoly tech companies basically censoring people you know you, you're not getting a lot of pushback against that and uh, it's troublesome so so it's great great stuff we write we know it's, it's, it's a lot to write about but uh it's you know it, it, i don't know if 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 um it's it's hard for a band with our beliefs to 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 get any traction it seems like because I, I don't know if people are, are really in, in tune to the uh to what we're singing about and see, and I would hope and assume that whether your message is with or against, you still have an audience. You're still having people wanting to hear your voice because there are a lot of people out there that have the same opinions, whether they're afraid to step up for it or not. I think what you guys have out there is great. I mean, you guys aren't afraid to say what you want to say. You're not afraid to fight against things and not be the popular voice. Yeah, we're definitely a, kind of an anti-PC band. We don't. We, we hate that whole the whole PC culture of you know you, you, you can't say what you really want to say because somebody might be offended so we're going back to like you said the old school free speech you'd, you'd be able to say what you want to say and and, and definitely we I, I, my personal beliefs is that the government's intruding way too far in, in, into our lives and that's a lot of our songs are about hey just leave us alone just let us live our lives you know, you know we, we can we can choose what size of soda we want and, and whatever else you don't have to tell us and so um, but that is like I say it's not a popular point of view right now it seems like everybody wants the government to take care of us from cradle to grave and you know it's and the problem what happens a lot because we had a band out here who's now I'm not going to mention but you know because they they were getting associated with the wrong people yet they had nothing to do with those people but because you might you might not go along with the with what is popular what is pc they automatically assume, assume the opposite 
okay, you know, and, and they'll, they'll start associating you with the, with the wrong people. Right. And this is something that also is going on. And, and uh, it's like guilt by association. You know, just because you don't like, you know, uh, or just, just because you don't like maybe Bernie Sanders doesn't mean you like Trump. Okay, the, the two don't go hand in hand, but that seems to be the divide now. It's like, okay, if you're not for us, then you're against us, and you must be for this guy over here. You you wanted to say something? No, I was, that was what you're saying there. Reiterating. And, and, and I think I think a lot of punkers today, I call them authoritarian punkers, okay? They're embracing this whole, this whole wave of... of uh, you know, of, of big government, of corporations working with the government to silence your speech. And, and these punkers, they're, they're not speaking out against this because they don't, because they agree with most of what they are saying. Okay. And I think that's, that's fine. But you know what? You got to respect a person's, um, a right to say what he wants to say. I don't know if you're following, you're from up north, I don't know if you're following what's going on at Berkeley, I'm sure you are. You know, I mean, whether or not you agree with the Milo Yiannopoulos or the Ben Shapiros, they should have a right to speak, you know, and they should be deplatformed or whatever it is. And uh, and this this to me are, are major issues that, that I don't think enough punkers are addressing. Certainly not the old punkers. I don't hear Jello Biafra, I don't hear Henry Rollins. These people, they're not speaking out against this. They're kind of silent. If they are, I haven't heard them. And I think this is where punk is missing missing the boat. So are you guys saying that your voice is more of the minority than you wish it would be? And that you want to have more kind of standing with you and at least speak in their opinion, whether it's with or against you, but at least vocalizing it? I, I, yeah, I would agree with that statement. There's definitely, we don't feel there's a, a lot of, of the punk rock bands are, are following the old punk ethos of of the anti-authoritarian stuff. I mean, they get up there and they start ranting about, you know, F the cops and whatever, and yet they go backstage and they they have a huge security, you know, detail around them, the cops walking them out and putting them on the bus, and you're thinking, how do you justify the two the two points there where you're, you know, and you're, you're anti this huge corporation, yet you've, you're selling your T-shirts for 25 and 30 bucks out there and you got to deal with Pepsi and whatever else so it's kind of weird that they they rant against certain things and yet they kind of are hypocritical in, in the way they act yeah we went to vegas a couple of years ago and we saw two of our favorite punk bands bad religion and pennywise they both speak very 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 vehemently about corporations and against them okay when we got to that we got to that show it was one big capitalist corpus best you know 12 bucks of beer you know i mean you know it, there's nothing wrong with making money Okay, and I don't think you should be bashing people who make money, but it seems hypocritical. Your, your songs are constantly saying, you know, talking bad about these corporations, and yet you're you're charging twelve bucks for a twelve ounce beer that we got to pay for. So it just seems a bit hypocritical, you know. And and uh, and, and I think and, and all these punk bands that grew up with this anti-establishment or came to prominence with this anti-establishment message are now the establishment and they're not speaking out against any of the stuff that's going on in the street. You know, we're, we're, why aren't these people now speaking out against the violence that is happening to people who cannot hear themselves speak? I don't hear any I don't hear any major punk bands talking about this. And I think it's I think it's sad. And, I, and it makes me question whether or not they were really punk or just maybe of a certain political bent. Okay, that they were pushing and and they're wrapping themselves in the whole punk uh, ethos, but down deep down they were just 
left-wing authoritarians, you know, hiding behind the punk, uh, the punk image. Just kind of wearing the mask and hiding who they really were behind a uh, quieter voice. Yeah. So if you guys were to have something that you wanted to get out right now with the view that you feel most prevalent, what would you think would be the most pushing topic right now for someone to stand up with or kind of come out with or sing about? Definitely the free speech issue. Uh, I think uh, this is one of the biggest. This is this stuff that that threatens everybody across the board, right, left, center, religious, non-religious. We have this this massive effort between the tech companies, academia, the government, um, Hollywood, trying to censor people from speaking, giving them a platform. And when these powerful forces of that magnitude are limiting people from speaking, it is a slippery slope, okay? And where does it end? It's nice when the other guy's getting his act scored, but you know what? It doesn't mean it won't turn around on you. And free speech is really the, the one doctrine in which all our freedoms lie rest upon. You don't got free speech, man. You got nothing. I like to say, you know, sometimes that there's no free, there's no punk rock in the Middle East, okay? And there's a reason for that. Because you don't got free speech. You have totalitarian theocracies over there that tell people what to do. You know, and we're, I think, I really believe we are teetering on more of a, a corporate fascistic um, thing going on now where corporations like like Facebook and Google and YouTube, you know, are, are lobbying the government, you know, and they've got big, huge, hundreds of million dollars contracts between each other. CNN is paying, uh, CNN is paying uh, Facebook to, to uh, help get people off of their page. You know, this is a, this is a, uh, it seems like a coordinated effort against certain people's free speech. And it's, I think it's one of the biggest issues facing us today. I think it's an issue that I think bunkers could have more of a message with and, and get it out there more. Now, where do you stand on free speech being free speech, even though it's hurting people that it shouldn't be? And when I say this, I do particularly mean when you have political figures saying really harsh and racist things towards people that shouldn't be there, and they hide behind the free speech motto. With, you, with free speech, you can't, you can't start this same you know picking and choosing little things like oh that's it, a racist comment you have to actually accept all of it that was the whole foundation of the thing and you can have you can make your racist comments there's other ways to then punish that person who makes those racist comments but you can't take away his speech because once you take it away then you start determining who's who's determined what was racist and what wasn't racist you know they right now these they, they go so far to say oh if i say i'm going to go golfing in front of a black person that's racist because the black person didn't have enough money to go golfing and you're now you're making a racist comment well that's in, and then you can look that up that's, that's an argument but that's just i mean that's just silly i said i was going to go golfing and now you're saying i'm racist so if you start saying you can't have racist speech who's going to be the one to decide what's racist and what's not so as as imperfect as free speech is you have to let it all go you have to let it all go i mean the only exceptions are when it's going to hurt somebody like when you say you yell on fire in a theater or something like that but other than that as far as people saying nasty things you just have to accept it but you can then boycott their products boycott them do whatever you want to that person but you but you can't tell them they can't say anything it's just, it, we, just, should, we should let bad ideas be heard. That way we can squash it with, with debate. The problem is when you take people like Nazis and don't let them speak, 
they're going to go underground. Okay, there's not going to be anybody to to confront them. So they're going to go underground. They're going to get their group of people. It's going to become one big bubble echo chamber for these people. Okay, and nobody's telling them, hey, your views are bad. So they go underground and then they come up even worse than they went when they were in underground. You have to go. You have to shine a light on bad ideas, and you have to debate these things in the public. Once you start getting butthurt because someone might offended you, then all speech breaks down. The whole idea of free speech, one of the main reasons uh, free speech came about is to prevent violence. Okay, if I accept the fact that you can say bad things, then I just I just go about my way or I engage in a conversation. Nobody gets hurt. But now what you're seeing is now people believe that 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 hate speech is violence and I have a right to beat you up because you're you're speaking violence. Well then free speech breaks down and then um, someone once said, you know, civilization civilization start when you put your clubs down and you talk. Okay? We got to put the clubs down so we can talk, so we can shine a light on these bad ideas. I mean, I remember growing up the one that, well, actually, it was was on. I was born yet, but the whole idea the ACLU defended the Nazis' right to march because it was a free speech issue. Okay. Right now, man, Nazis don't get to speak, and and much as we hate Nazis, you know, you got to let them speak because you got to shine a light on these bad people so you'll know who they are. Nice. I agree with you guys' opinion on that. I like the fact that you're welcoming to all. You're not. You know, hear me, but don't speak. So it's nice to hear that you're really out there to listen to everyone and every opinion that's coming out there. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but let it be heard. Yeah, that's what the problem is today is we don't we don't have this civil discourse that we're talking about where people can disagree. I mean, now, if, you know, if you're you're left or you're right and then somebody else said post something on facebook then you defriend them because they they voted for trump or they voted for hillary and it's it's really weird that we can't you know when we grew up we are we argued all the time and we're best friends the next day now you get an argument with somebody over political things and and you're no longer friends and it's got to a weird point where we can't just agree to disagree talk about what we you know way we Things. The, the problem people has got to realize both sides want what's best for America or what's for best. We just have different ideas on how to get there. It, as long as you, but when you start demonizing another person because he doesn't believe like you, and now he's a racist and he's this and he's that because he didn't have your beliefs, that's when everything starts to break down. So, just you're talking about, I got an awful point there a little bit, but yeah, we, we have to be able to talk about it and talk to everybody, listen to both sides, and be and not and not be violent and get angry and just. You know, have you disagree and, and move on. All right. Let's bring it back a little bit off of uh, the political for you guys and try to get you as a little bit more uh, enjoyable for this year. Now, you, you both are married with children. How do you feel about your daughters dating band people and guitarists and people in the, that kind of venue? Well, I, I solved that problem because I have two boys, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I'm just the question. You have, have about your daughter's dating band members. Oh, and, oh. <laughs> Again, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's I don't want to get too heavy here, but it's, it all comes down to who the person is, what it really comes down to, you know. Um, so, you know, I, w- I would have no problem with it. Um, you know, just hopefully pick the, the right band member, I guess, you know. <laughs> You're okay if she's dating uh, NSYNCer or uh, 98 Degrees or Backstreet Boys? That's not offensive for you? <laughs> hey, if they can give me a gig with them, I'm good with it, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll open for them. We don't care. They might need a manager or someone to promote them. You got a built-in gig right there. 
All right, gentlemen. Uh, the last question I'm going to have for you today is what advice would you give to either people in the industry and still trying to make it or people deciding that they want to get into the industry? What is your uh, best advice that you wish someone would have told you? I, I think you just got to stay true to what you believe and, 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 and don't, don't cave into what people want to hear you know, from you. We've never had the, the, that issue like with a record label saying, oh, you got to put this out or put that out. So we've never had you know, a record label deal. But I, I think you, you've got to stay true to what, what, you're, what you're doing. Yeah, and I, I would make a couple points too. Based on experience, find a group of guys that you really like, that don't have egos, and that you can get along with. That's key, all right? I'm trying to say and, <laughs> and also, what I, what I hear a lot of other bands say on interviews is a lot of the successful bands, you know what they all say is that don't, don't give up. You know, they didn't give up. I was listening to an interview with, with Offspring a while back, and they just didn't want to do the 9 to 5. Okay, they, they just did not want to give up on their, on their dreams, and they never did. They were at it for a good solid 10 years before they had success, you know, uh, with, with I think their third album. So um, that's probably the biggest one. Don't give up. You know, keep at it. Uh, keep trying and uh, just stick with it. And don't have a bunch of dicks in your band. Yeah, that's it. Which is tough to find because all the musicians seem to be a lot of dicks out there. You want to drop some names? <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave you open mic on that one. We'll even hashtag those guys for you. We've had a difficult time with the drummer. I think without any conflict, I, I think it's there's not much success. You need to have the conflict to find out where you can grow from. I think that's going to help everyone, whether it be within your bandmates you have now or prior ones or just within your life. I mean, the conflict is what teaches you to grow and how to be who you are today. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that, you know, even like I said, we get along, we still have our issues. We still have our conflicts. You're right. And and, and that's a way to grow. But I think as, as a, as a jumping off start, Find people that you, you get along with. And, and of course, you, you know, you, you, you got to be true to your music. I mean, that's why I think this particular band, we get along so well, is that we all enjoy the music we're playing. You know, past bands that we were in, it was always it was a, a directional, kind of a, um, a, um, uh, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was kind of a, you know, a personality conflict of who we were. You had one guy like this music, another guy like that music. And so, you know, it, 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 it causes for tension. So when everybody likes the genre they're in, I think that that's important as well. Yeah, you all, you all have to agree on the music. If, if you got somebody who's looking to do jazz and he's playing in a rock and roll band, he's always going to be trying to push some jazz stuff. And that's just, there's going to be conflict you don't need. You're going to have enough other conflict where you talk about that you're going to work through. But, uh, yeah, with this band, I have to say, we don't have a lot of conflict. We we do get along, and it's what's been the best part. In two and a half years, we we really haven't had any any blow-ups or anything. It's been a, a pretty good deal. All, all four of us get along pretty good. So I think that's why Ron had that advice. Because we've had, we've had difficult times in the past. So you mean you don't want to, you know, drop a rumor right here to just start a little bit of conflict to get things built up for you? Well, no, because you know, you know, we don't want to hurt anybody. So you know, it's you know, well, I'll start a rumor. He's transgender. <laughs> but uh, 
No, those are those are private things, you know. And uh, but I think every band can relate, you know. There, there's there's always there's always tension, and, and uh, so you know. All right. And is there anything I can uh, get out here for a promotion for you guys? Are you guys looking for anything to be uh, picked up, downloaded, or where to find your merchandise or songs? Yeah, we have a website, 390band.com, and uh, you can see all our merchandise on there. And, we, and of course, our CD called Punk Resurrection, uh, we finished a little while ago. That, that's out there on, on uh, you know, all the major online stores if you want to check that out. We have a YouTube channel where we do a lot of interviews with other bands, and, and uh, we also have some of our music videos. Uh, and we have, of course, we're on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook. But we're also what we're also working on right now is is uh, we're gonna we're trying to recruit some some skaters skateboarders, and we're gonna put together a series of uh, punk uh, skate punk videos. So we're recruiting uh, skaters right now. We have a couple already, and uh, so what we plan on doing is we just plan on doing some good old cross marketing. We want to grab some skaters with significant social media following. We're gonna shoot some skate videos. We're gonna put 390 music to it. And we're just going to use everybody's social media to help promote it. So we're working on that as well. And hopefully that will be out in the next uh, next two or three months. Uh, plus, we're going to go back in the studio and, and knock out a bunch of tunes. Nice. Now you're looking for a recording of live skaters? Or are you looking to have skaters send you in some videos themselves They can't be in your area? Uh, well, exactly. And you, 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 you're a smart man because that's what we've been encountering. We, we're, do, we're doing both. Okay, we're working right now with Inconsiderate Board Shop out in Riverside. They got a skate team we're working with and doing live videos shots. But right now, we also have grabbed a guy from DC uh, and a guy from uh, somewhere in the Midwest, and they're sending footage to us. So it's kind of a combo thing, you know. We'll take anything, you know, that's that's obviously of good quality. And and so yeah, we're gonna just we're gonna do both. Um, live as well as uh, just accepting people's footage they may have. So if anybody out there is listening, want to be involved in this, you can hit me up at uh, 390punk at gmail.com. It's 390punk at gmail.com. You send me an email, tell me you're interested, and we'd love to see what you got. And we're going to make sure to put all of the ways we can get uh, in touch with you, either Twitter, your Facebook, your email, your website. Everything's going to be on the podcast, on the website. It's going to be on Facebook and Twitter as well for me. So we'll make sure we can kind of cross-market you as much as we can possibly get up for you. Thank you. It'll be awesome. All right. Eric, Ron, I appreciate you guys taking the time for us today. Uh, any last comments for you? Um, say that we're not normally this serious. We usually have a little more fun. So <laughs> if you come out to see us, we're a little more fun than the, we're not. We're not all about um, political free speech and everything. So, but but uh, did enjoy the conversation. I appreciate you having us on. It's always my pleasure. Sorry if I got you into the uh, serious mode. I'm usually no, a no, jokester and I curse a lot more than this. But I try to be a little <laughs> bit more PC when I'm talking to people for the first time. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. We don't mind. Yeah, it was, no, it's all good. We, we 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 talk about that stuff all the time. I, but usually we have a little bit of humor involved, and today we just seem to be a little serious. I just wanted people come out to our shows, expect to have fun. Yeah, when you come out to our show, we're not going to pull a, a, a jello be offer on you, okay? <laughs> we're not going to talk politics. Yeah, we don't talk politics. We just play our music and have fun. But inside our music is a serious message, uh, and, um, you know, that's just, that's just that's who we are. Well, right. Since you guys joke around, let's hear a joke for you. <laughs> Shoot! Um, you want us to tell you a joke? Uh, no, I don't have anything like that. Hey, my echo dot told me a dirty joke yesterday. Did you hear about the dust bunny that fell in love with a Roomba? 
She got swept away. <laughs> That's a good one. You know, I have a bunch of jokes, but I can't think of any. Right? That's what kind of sucks. I'm not a yeah. I'm not a joke guy. I'm more of a just a pun kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right, gentlemen. But, well, uh, we'll have to leave that for the next one. Absolutely. We'll let you go for this one, and we'll see if we can get things taken care of for you here. Uh, I appreciate you, gentlemen, taking the time to speak with me today, and I look forward to getting everything out for you here in the near future. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you, you, Johnny. Well, that's all the time I've got for this episode. I again want to thank Ron and Rick for stopping in and letting us do this interview today. They are also part of the No Phony Podcast Network. Check those guys out. They've got some great other people in there as well. Anything from political commentary to punk rock interviews, as well as some daily how-tos and just some funny, funny guys to check out. If you guys are trying to get a hold of Ron or Rick or check out the 390 Punk Band, which I heavily recommend, check them out on Instagram. Check them out at 390 Band on Twitter as well. They are the at 390 Music on Instagram. Or check them out at facebook.com forward slash 390 Band. Or shoot them an email at 390Punk at gmail.com. And don't forget to stop by their website at 390.com. Download one of their songs. It's 99 cents. You've been listening to them in the background for this entire podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, share, and like them when they come out to you. I appreciate when you do that. That gets this out to more people. It helps us grow larger, faster, gets the word out to more people to hear bands like the 390 Band and some new ones we have coming up as well. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or just drop me an email at therantwithhermanjames at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to being in your ears next week. Always be right. I'm really proud of you.